It's time for our September edition, with another handful of recommended releases for this month. We've got some debuts lined up for you by Lobsterbomb in Berlin and Scuff Barbie in Münster, as well as new albums by Vincent von Flieger from Nuremberg, Vareike from Hamburg, and for openers, here's Engie from Munich. a tune called Tefsril by Engie, who, after taking part in the Goethe Institute's music lab in Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, went on to study jazz singing and jazz teaching here in Munich, and is now signed to Squama, a young jazz label. Her third record is just out, and has already been hailed by the UK's Guardian newspaper as Global Album of the Month. It's called Uzan and it is sparsely arranged, featuring Paul Brendler on guitar and the Berlin-based Brazilian-born Maria Portugal on drums, plus clarinet and bass. Engie sings partly in her native Mongolian, partly in English, with her usual restraint. The record taps into pop music too, 
and definitely has soul. Her vocals sound so light and natural that you can tell she was born into a family of singers. Engie's band has grown from a trio into a quintet, which gives more ample opportunity to try out new roles on her self-exploratory journey and makes for a wider, richer range of sound. Auf jeden Fall. Vor allem, es war für mich sehr interessant, wie es am Ende klingen würde. It sure does. I was very curious to find out how it sound. My band aren't just terrific musicians, they're also quite different. It was great fun to bring our various perspectives together on a single recording. We'd never played all together before and never saw ourselves as a quintet. We came together expressly for the recordings with open-ended numbers and arrangements, which all came together in just five days. That was a very special experience for me. The album title, Uzan, means red, which is my nickname. To this day, my family still call me Uzana. On the title track, I sing, Wherever I may be, whatever stop I may be at on the road of life, I'd never want to lose my first true self. Taib Shral is a song about how hectic the world is today, how we're constantly rushing around and about finding inner peace, even though others may be watching you much of the time, that you can be who you really are and find relief, peace of mind within yourself. Taib Shral means relief. Sometimes the words come to me first, sometimes the melody. It depends on how a story first occurs to me. I always take plenty of time and consider very carefully which language I can best express the story in. On the track Dragonfly, I don't sing a word. We communicate through the language of music, through the rhythm. When I listened to it, it sounded to me like a dragonfly. That was Engie on the genesis of her new record, an album without any particular overarching theme. Each song tells its own story in its own special way. As does our next featured artist, Vincent von Flieger. Forget. 
I was born to completely become who I am. I'm not these thoughts, and I'm not, and I'm not the wind. I grow strong to get closer, and I've learned to accept it. I'm fish, I'm fish, I'm dragon, I'm dragon. This is my nature, this is my natural. I'm stone, I'm stone, I'm water, I'm water, whatever you want me to be. Frozen in the dark, transcendent in daylight. I'm a statue in the park. I'm a point, I'm not a line. Frozen in the dark, transcendent in daylight. I'm a statue in the park I'm a point, I'm not a line Frozen in the dark, transcendent in daylight. I'm a statue in the park. I'm a point, I'm not a line. That was Statue by Vincent von Flieger, a singer-songwriter and beatmaker from Nuremberg. Having played in China and covered Jesse Ware, he has just put out his latest album on a small Berlin label and presented it live at the Fusion Festival. The album title is Mechanisms of Maximalism, which sounds pretty technical and philosophical for a pop music record. Vincent von Flieger just can't fly any lower. Album number four takes on global issues like growth, digitalization, and media overkill as well as the big question, isn't climate change a crime, like genocide, against which we must all take action? Man sagt ja, dass wir die erste Generation sind, die die Auswirkungen bzw. die Mechanismen, wenn man so will, der globalen Umweltzerstörung zu spüren bekommt. Und We're said to be the first generation to feel the effects of global destruction of the environment and one of the last generations that can still do anything about it, that could still save something. Do we realize that? And how will we justify knowing and not doing anything about it for subsequent generations? Which ties into Hannah Arendt and the Eichmann trial, and more precisely her theory of the mechanisms of totalitarianism. The age we're living in right now is banalizing the end of the environmental movement, in other words, the apocalypse. That's a harsh and disturbing view. But there may be something to it. To get back to my comparison, back then, humanity joined forces to combat an unprecedented threat. Today, the threat seems so huge and diffuse that we're no longer capable of putting together a collective counter-movement. Vincent von Flieger's song, Body Code, turns to the children. It's all about hope and the point of climate change stickers. As he sees it, civil disobedience by the quote-unquote last generation is part of our built-in survival DNA. 
but the music itself is not weighed down by its heavy subject matter. The songs can be enjoyed even without listening closely to the lyrics. And the music, as well as this Nuremberg native's vocals, will really grab you. His voice is reminiscent of the Australian Ry X and the American indie star Bonivert. Vincent von Flieger's quartet, a mix of male and female musicians from Nuremberg and Berlin, are now poised to make the big time. And speaking of Berlin, here's Lobsterbomb. That was Run, a track of Lobsterbomb's debut album. The trio, Nico, Vic and Crayon, formed up during the pandemic doldrums when they came across the We Formed a Band campaign launched by Laura Lee's Berlin band Gur and her new band Laura Lee and the Jets, whom we showcased on a previous podcast. What the band's name, Lobsterbomb, actually means remains a secret. But it doesn't involve anything really mysterious, say the Lobsterbombers. One of their first fans is Simon Le Bon, the lead singer for the British 1980s glam pop slash new romantic band Duran Duran. Lobster Bomb's debut album of indie glam punk, as they call the genre, is titled Look Out. At their best, as on the song Run, Lobster Bomb smack of late 70s and early 80s music like Blondie, also der hat sich ja auch über mehrere Monate und Jahre entwickelt und wir hatten jetzt How long did it take us to find our sound? Well, it evolved over the course of several months, even years. We didn't sit down at a meeting and decide to be indie glam punk or anything like that. We don't want to be tied down to indie glam punk either, because the three of us have different influences, as you can hear. 
The album has no common theme running through it. After all, it's our debut. The title, Look Out, means look out, here we are. But we also mean to look into the future, at what's to come, which leaves some wriggle room for interpretation. Run is a song about going through a really tough time, feeling like you can't get back on your feet. Your energy is spent, but you still manage to dig your way out of a dark hole and see that life's pretty cool and has some bright sides after all. That was Vic and Crayon from Lobsterbomb talking about the song Run, which we've just played, and about their first album, Look Out. And now for a change of scene and style. From Berlin to Münster, which is rapper Scuff Barbie's hometown. That was Löwenfell, or Lionskin, a tune off Scuff Barbie's debut album with the beautiful title Passiflora. This song carries a message, namely, to put on your lion skin, go out into the world and get what's yours. Scuff Barbie grew up in a musical household in Münster. At six he was already singing in a children's choir and soon became the lead soloist, which was fun and felt good to her. Now she's following in the footsteps of her mother, who became a singer at 16, and her grandfather, who was a folk singer in Equatorial Guinea, a small country on the western coast of Central Africa, just below Cameroon. It's the only Spanish-speaking country in Africa. Scuff Barbie herself is of Afro-Hispanic descent, and her first record is a blend of hip-hop, R&B and dancehall. 
die KünstlerInnen, die mich geprägt haben zu meiner Jugendzeit, beziehungsweise als ich klein war, waren so KünstlerInnen wie Tina Turner. As a little girl, I was influenced by singers like Tina Turner, Aretha Franklin, Rihanna and Nicki Minaj. I looked up to them because they have incredible strength in their voices and stage presence and so much self-assurance, which is what I always wanted for myself. Music has always been there for me. It's like a mission I have to fulfill in life. So back in 2017, I was looking for someone to record me and my songs in the studio. That's when I came across Boomboy again, whom I've known since I was a kid. Scuff Barbie is an artist who simply likes doing what she calls her signature move to various genres. In other words, making her own thing out of each different kind of beat. Her sound is all about her voice and personality, and her penchant for experimenting. Scuff Barbie steht für eine Person, die nicht perfekt ist. Wenn ich den Namen Barbie höre, dann Scuff Barbie means someone who's not perfect. When I hear Barbie, I think of a blue-eyed blonde with 90-60-90 curves, a description I definitely don't fit. I want to call attention to the fact that we're all different, unique Barbies in this world, which we should celebrate. Scoff also means the pure THC in a marijuana bod, the stuff that actually makes you high. And what my music aims to do, put you in a trance, make you feel confident, warm and good. That was Scuff Barbie on her unusual moniker. And here's how she came up with the album title. I was on holiday with my best friend in Spain a few years ago when I caught sight of this beautiful passion flower floating towards me on the beach. This is the flower that produces passion fruit, which was perfect for my album. You reap what you sow. The seed of the passiflora gives rise to the maracua. I see that as something symbolic and spiritual and Perfect for the title of a first album. So much for newcomer Scuff Barbie on this end of summer edition of the Popcast, produced by the Goethe Institute and Bayern 2's Zündfunk magazine. For our closing album tip, let's turn to some old timers who've come up with a surprise for us and for themselves. Here's Tizinabi by Varaika. Thank you. 
was Tizinabi Part 2 of a new album by Varaika called Tizinabi. Varaika are an electronic trio from Hamburg. The album comprises four tracks of 8 to 13 minutes length that coalesce to form one big whole. A meditation to head bob to or even dance gently to. Varaika have come out with a 45 minute blend of dub and house using analog instruments instead of a computer. This trio, namely Jakob Seidensticker, Florian Schiermacher and Henrik Raber have previously released on Japanese and American labels, but their new album, their sixth to date, is out on Ornaments, a Berlin-based label, whose recording artists include Moodyman, Paul St. Hilaire and Steve Bug. And Farika's slow beats sometimes call to mind Moodyman as well as Theo Parrish, two legendary Afro-American DJ producers. Tizinabi is the fruit of a four-hour summer jam session with piano, guitar, vocals and drum machines, which was recorded and then cut up into a thousand loops. 
Henry Kraber recounts. Diese Platte ist nicht entstanden, weil wir geplant haben, Platte aufzunehmen, sondern wir saßen eigentlich zusammen und haben. This record didn't come about because we were planning to make a record, but because we sat down together to experiment with sounds, chords, structures. It wasn't until later on, after listening to the recording, that we said, cool, and asked ourselves, what do we do with it now? We proceeded to cut the recordings up into about a thousand loops, which we used to weave an endless tapestry of sound. And then, presto, we had a record on our hands. It was an awful lot of work that took years. We've always been off the beaten track, but this time around, we've gone a big step further. Berghain primetime tempo, it is not. Tizanabi is a place you pine for, a place of hope where everything's perfect. But you have to laugh at the Sisyphean task involved in trying to make it there. Ceaseless searching, a never-ending journey, which we found fitting, because our music is always a bit tongue-in-cheek. That was Varaika, named after Varaika Hills, the holy mountains of the Rastafari on the outskirts of Kingston, Jamaica, talking about the album's Hebrew title, Tizinabi, and the years spent splicing it together. Varaika have now moved even further away from the corseted club style, to produce an album of very, very free artistic expression. Tizinabi doesn't fit into any pigeonhole, but it does call to mind a historically interesting comparison, E2-E4 by Manuel Göttching, a legendary 1981 LP from Berlin that infused Kartrock with Beliaric swing. If Tizanabi is club music and E2-E4 is too, then I can still remember moments when I was dancing to E2-E4. So maybe Tizanami is club music after all too, on a very big scale. E2-E4 totally got me dancing, so it is indeed club music. The American music critics over at Pitchfork have ranked Goetching's E2-E4 among the 100 most important records of the 1980s. And it's the only German record on that list besides Kraftwerk's Computerwelt. Verreike have already presented Tizinabi live in Canada, and we hope they'll get plenty more opportunities to do the same in other countries too. Then we'll all dance to it, as if it were endless summer. So much for our End of Summer podcast, a production of the Goethe Institute and Bayern 2's Zündfunk magazine. We hope there was something in it for you. Angie Portman will be back for our next edition in October. This is Davy Dave Greeden signing off on Ralph Sommer's September podcast. <laughs>